The Real Father Feeney by Charles A. Coulomb. The recent profile by Michael Voris and Church Militant of Father Leonard Feeney, at first SJ and latterly MICM, and certain other developments have resurrected the interest in the much maligned native of Lynn, Massachusetts. The tragic tale of how America's best-selling Catholic author was turned into a pariah over a doctrinal principle has been told and retold in various ways, often according to the, slant, to the slant or prejudice of the teller. He was even assailed as the hate priest in one national magazine, an epithet he was forced to share with Father Charles Coughlin. To that tale, I have not much to add at this present moment, save to say that he was condemned as a heretic by many, although not the Holy See, for teaching what was held universally from the time of the Church Fathers up until at least the 17th century. That baptism and membership in the Church were, are necessary for salvation, or so says Pope Benedict XVI in his, in his historical analysis of the issue. If to believe that the Church is indeed necessary for salvation puts one outside the Church, then Father Feeney was outside the Church, but since folk who believe such are generally persuaded that all that is that all is that is that all that is required for heaven is sincerity, then Father Feeney must be a saint in their eyes. No one who knows what he suffered for his beliefs, including the aforementioned loss of celebrity status, could possibly doubt his sincerity. In any case, our orthodoxy shy era inevitably presumes that those who would stand up for dogmatic truth must be hateful, flinty, grand inquisitor types. Now, while I never met Father Feeney myself, for three decades I knew and worked with Brother Leonard Mary, MICM, J. Fred Farrell Jr., who came to St. Benedict's Center in Cambridge in 1942, and after returning from the army four years later, stayed with Father and the Center, acting as his chauffeur for at least 20 years and driving him all over New England. In addition, I have made something of a study of his books, not just his religious ones, but such works as London is the Place and his volumes of poetry and essays. From his written work, as well as first-hand accounts, leaps his sense of humor and love of puns and wordplay. These, to be fair, are rarely the, rarely the hallmarks of the bitter and the annoying. Father Feeney saw the absurd in the human condition, and that is almost a surefire defense against being embittered, even if you are put through what the superiors he had been trained to believe where the voice of God where the voice of God put him through. Indeed, he loved the very different peoples he found himself among during the course of his career. The Irish Americans he grew up with, the Welsh around St. Buenos, the Dons at Oxford, and the sophisticates who came to Farm Street to hear such luminaries as fathers C.C. Martindale, Mar Martin Darcy, and himself. The Jewish cabbies and literary types, like that quintessential New Yorker, Arthur Guterman, whom he met while stationed in Manhattan as literary editor of America Magazine. Both Boston Brahmins and Old Yankees, to include such as the Swamp Yankees, and the Polish, Italian, French, Canadian, and other such ethnics settled around New England, whom he could encounter in his daily jaunts. It was the complicity of, his, of interest that allowed him to deal with the multiplicity of ethnic and personality types who clustered around St. Benedict's Center in the beginning and to preach in front of the police statues of Boston Common. After the center withdrew to the country, his dealing with the public became restricted primarily to those whom he would meet on his almost daily excursions around New England. These were primarily directed to shrines and religious houses throughout the region. The Mission Church and St. Clement's Shrine in Boston 
St. Anne's Shrine in Fixdale, the Divine Mercy Shrine in Stockbridge, St. Sanslaus in Chicopee, and many, many more. Father Feeney also enjoyed visiting historic spots such as the Wayside Inn and the Old Mill, as well as reading the Old Farmer's Almanac with its calendar of Saints' Days and Yankee. Unfortunately, stomach surgery had made it difficult for him to enjoy anything more complex culinarily than a toasted cheese sandwich and apple pie a la mode at a local Howard Johnson's. But his love of the regions and peoples he found himself among was not simply the antiquarian's love of the picturesque and bygone. It was a love of people, and so most particularly of their souls, which if they were outside the church, he believed were certainly in great danger, and quite possibly so inside. So it was that, on all the travel itineraries Brother Leonard Mary drove him on in, in the latter years of his life, there were always present, in, with, and under the shrines and museums, there would be stops at various stores, shops, and restaurants to chat with various people for a few minutes about the faith. Often, Father would initiate the conversation by asking, Are you Catholic? Regardless of the answer, the chat would frequently end with their saying the Hail Mary with him. Return trips often brought conversions, and thanks to his engaging personality, there were often return trips. I am reminded of Father Feeney's conversion of Dr. Paul Dudley White, as told to me by Brother Leonard Mary. Dr. White had helped Padre Pio in the establishing of the hospital, La Casa Soleva della Soferenza, in San Giovanni Rotondo. There for the three hospitals' grand opening, there for the hospital's grand opening, Dr. White met the saint. This blessed meeting was no doubt the grace that brought the renowned heart specialist into the Catholic Church. The doctor lived near St. Benedict Center in Harvard, Massachusetts, and in retirement was always happy to be bothered by Father Leonard Feeney every day. Brother Leonard Mary would park in front of the White's house and toot the horn. The retired doctor would humbly come out to the car and pretend he was talking to and pretend he was taking Father Feeney's pulse. What were they really doing? Saying the Hail Mary. In Father Feeney, love of God was bound up with love of neighbor, and both were expressed by zeal for souls. It was this zeal and the love which drove it that led to his, mar to his dry martyrdom. But much as that by turns hurt and angered him, it forced him to share the cross borne by the great high priest himself. In the end, he embraced his cross willingly, as any who wished to follow Christ must and should. But to those whom Father Feeney brought to the faith, almost all were left with a deep sense of injustice. As Frank Sheed said in his autobiography, Father Feeney was silenced, but never answered. That the motive behind work, behind work was love of people and the truth cannot be doubted by anyone who saw him working to bring someone to the faith. It is hard to believe that his persecutors were motivated by the same emotion. The End